if your brain thinks you're 20, but your body is disagreeing, you're going to love this episode of the Movement Movement Podcast, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes to have a happy, healthy, strong body, typically starting feet first, because you know those things are your foundation. And here we break down the propaganda, the mythology, and frankly, sometimes the outright lies you've been told about what it takes to run or walk or hike or work out or do yoga or CrossFit, whatever you like to do, and to do that enjoyably, efficiently, effectively. Wait, did I say enjoyably? Trick question. I know I did. Because if you're not having fun, you're not going to keep it up anyway. So, you know, do something that's fun yeah. for you. Find one of those. I'm Stephen Sashin, co-founder, co-CEO of Zero Shoes, your host of the Movement Movement Podcast. And we call it that because we, that includes you, you'll hear why and how in a second, uh, we're creating a movement around natural movement, letting your body do what it's made to do. And the way you can help, it's really easy. Uh, a, if you like, go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com doesn't take anything to join. There's no secret handshake. There's no money involved. There's no song we just sing every morning when we get up. Just that's, you know, the domain that I got. But you'll find the previous episodes, all the places you can find us on social media. And when you go there, you know, give us a review, give us a thumbs up, like us, hit the bell icon on YouTube. You know the drill. If you want to be part of the tribe, just subscribe. So let's get started and have some fun. Carl, do me a favor. Tell people who you are and what the hell you're doing here. All right. My name is Carl Bratland. My Instagram handle is LiveFitCarl. And basically what I do or what I've started to do is help busy dads become fit, stay fit, um, healthy, and being a dad of four and I guess sort of doing that myself. People started asking me what I was doing. So I started creating programs and helping, you know, dads do the same. And that's kind of where I've navigated to because they relate to me and and can ask me questions about what's working for me and now what's working for my clients. Yeah, with the focus more on you know being functional, longevity, um, and not obviously we all want to, we all want to look better, right? But that's just kind of a secondary result a lot of times. But so helping dads figure out how to fit it in their lives and, and do what works for them and make it long, lifelong habits. So for anyone who's not a dad, um, I am not a dad, but this is, of course, interesting to me because it's the same busy thing. Let's say our, yes. my wife and I, our business is our child. So and given how much time it takes, uh, I would put myself in the busy dad category, even without um, having actual biological children. And if you are not even a uh, man, for lack of a better term these days, um, you still yep. we're going to want to listen to this because there might be something you can pass along to the man in your life or the person who identifies as a man or a busy dad. Yeah, for life. sure. I mean, I have, uh, you know, women, clients, moms and, and busy men who aren't dads, but the, the niche is, you know, busy dads because that's just who relates to me. Um, and that's what I really focus on. But like I said, the human body is the human body. So it reacts to exercise and pretty similar ways regardless. So, you know, I started by saying, if your brain thinks you're 20, but your body disagrees, um, how old are you? Cause you know, you, you don't look like, I mean, I'm 61. It's a whole different game. How old are you? Uh, I will be 42 on September 20th. So Aww. about a week, very early birthday. Yeah. So <laughs> broke my forties and now, uh, yeah. What I can tell you, um, for people who are not into something like Masters Athletics, one of the I'm, I'm a competitive sprinter, and in the Masters track world, what's really fun is you enter a new age group every five years. Yeah. So, you know, when I turned 40, it was a black. Well, actually, I didn't start sprinting again until I was 45, but I went 150, total blast, 55, total hoot, 60, couldn't be more awesome. So, um, yeah. so the, yeah, those, those birthdays ending in fives and zeros get very entertaining when you've got something to have, something to work with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I looked into some of the CrossFit stuff and was really into that for a while. And uh, so I know like the age groups and so it's like maybe when you get towards the 
into the next age group, maybe you're like, are you, are you like more elite then? Like when you turn 45, are you like, oh, suddenly I'm the best in this group. And then well, you become like yeah. 49. Are you like the worst or is it the opposite? No, you know, it's an, it's an interesting question for me. Um, I've been, uh, so if, as a sprinter and in, in track and field, they have all American times that change every five years and they get slower every five years. And for sprinting, they get way slower, way faster once you get over 60. Um, so oh, yeah. I only care about making all American times and happily I, rather than winning, because there's a handful of guys who are former Olympians and, you know, yeah. who are never going to, and they're going to crush me. I mean, we're all genetic freaks, but they are the freakiest of the freaks. So I've yes. been happy that I've set all American times at the top of the age range, like at 49 and at 59, et cetera. So that's been really um, nice. But when you do hit the new one, like at 60, it's like, all right, here's my best chance to crush it. And um, uh, so that's fun. And if there is a major competition, you know, you do think you have a bit of an edge if you're 60 instead of 64. Um, And sometimes that's true. Sometimes not so much. There's a a good friend of mine who, um, I mean, he beats guys 20 years younger than him. He's just a complete monster. So he doesn't care. But, um, but, you know, those of us at the, let's call it the far end of the top of the funnel or whatever the hell, far end of the, at the, the, you know, top of the whatever. Um, Yeah. Uh, so that's a, we're, we're just trying to end up in a semifinal or in a finals. That's all. Yeah. That's cool. So, I like so, it. So what were you doing? I mean, what were you talking about this or the journey that got here about both your fitness journey and how that related to becoming a father of four and what you had to do to, to wake up to the fact that you were no longer 20. So I started out like college wise, I was always interested in fitness and, you know, strength specifically just from a young age from sports. You know, my dad was into lifting and bodybuilding, things like that. And once, once I got into sports, you mean, you quickly realize that, you know, strength, fitness, nutrition, all that stuff, like, you know, changes your performance. Uh, So getting stronger helped me in sports. So I kind of got hooked in, you know, the lifting and the fitness stuff from, high school really uh and then my initial education was in you know exercise science i got like a master's in that and uh i don't know for whatever reason i was into coaching i coach wrestling so i always liked helping people and coaching people and coaching different ages and kids adults whatever college kids uh and then for whatever reason like the fitness field didn't quite click with me once i got out of college like i don't i don't i didn't really want to be like a personal trainer I thought maybe I'd be like a strength coach somewhere, but to get at like those universities and it's few and far between to be like a D1 strength coach, you know, like you got to kind of know somebody and yeah. be in the right avenue. There's only a select few, but um, so eventually I got certified to teach. Then I've been a teacher for like the last 10 years, high school and coaching a little bit there. And then I just was been doing all my fitness stuff. I got some certifications. I've been working out and they started posting it all on social media. I don't even know why actually just, something different see what just whatever it was the thing to do you know high school people talk about tiktok and instagram and all that so started posting workouts things i was doing and eventually kind of grew a following people started asking me stuff like what i did and they were interested and they started asking me if i made programs so i started kind of doing some of that stuff on the side like a side gig you know just really robust you know making programs for a couple people like excel documents and just not like a really streamlined process and it just kind of started to grow. And the more people asked, the more I had to like, all right, I got to figure out like a real like smooth process here. And I got into like online coaching and got connected with the company and got my own app. And so, yeah, eventually uh, it's just kind of kept growing. And then I've narrowed down my niche and here we are with busy dads and essentially being an online coach for busy dads. And, you know, I still uh, teach and I still have a, you know, that job, but I don't know, the online side might 
become the job. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Because uh, I like helping others, and I like that I can reach anybody in the world. And um, it gives me a flexible schedule, obviously, so I can you know work and check into my clients and you know communicate at any time, anywhere, just because the whole world's connected now. Um, and I don't have to go like nine to five or eight to whatever job be and be restrained by that because we a year ago so my identical twin girls just turned one year old on the 26th of august so now we have four kids uh which has changed changed things a lot so i've been staying at home so i'm like the stay-at-home dad daddy daycare for the last almost a year now and i'll be staying at home this whole like school year uh taking care of the twins doing all stuff at home but then obviously i'm able to do like my kind of coaching stuff as well uh, so that's sort of where I'm at right now in the process. Stay at home, dad, online coach. Uh, that's, I guess that's why dads want to reach out and, and let me help them because they're trying to figure out how I'm doing it. So did, so talk to me about the, how you're doing it part about, you know, whether you had either of those realizations that a, uh, Hey, your body and your brain are not in the same age range and b just, you know, what you had to do to adapt to, to being a busy dad. Um, and how, you know, sort of, I don't know if there was a kind of come to Jesus moment of like, Oh crap, things have fallen off the rails. Now I got to do something. Or if it was just this evolution of how am I going to be able to maintain, uh, the activity level and fitness that I'm looking for when, holy crap, I'm barely getting any sleep, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the transition from the kind of like the 20 year old thinking to now I'm 40. I mean, I turned 40. So that, that was a milestone just, I think in any person, man's life, but I was doing like a, like I said, a lot of CrossFit, uh, I was super into it and I was trying in my mind, I thought when I got in my forties, like you were saying, I would going to try to get the CrossFit masters games type thing. And I normally probably weigh like 170 ish. And I have, most of those guys are probably almost 200, right? Like they're big dudes. So, you know, you know, some of those guys that are smaller, I don't know if you know any of them, like Josh Bridges and some of them are smaller athletes. They do well in, in some events, but like the huge lifting events, they're just not big enough. So I was mm -hmm. trying to get big and strong. Oh, dude, look, I'm 5'5", 145. And, you know, the yeah, first time I walked so into a CrossFit box, I went, hey, this is a blast. But how come I'm having a deadlift 300 the same as those guys who are twice yeah, yeah. my weight? Yeah. That just doesn't yeah. add up. I mean, I can do it, but it's not the same. You know, yeah. it's a whole different game. So I was trying to get as big as strong as I could. I almost, I was like 195. So I put on a lot of weight. I was like, I was strong. I was probably, I was like in the best shape. You know, those CrossFit dudes, like they're, they're in a phenomenal shape, you know, men and women of my life, really as far as, but, but like, I started to realize as I got closer to 40, like my body, like I didn't, my body hurt. Like I just hurt. I was just like, how am I in like the best shape of my life? But like, I literally like can't move. Like it hurts me to like move and get out of bed. And so I was like, this is something's not, not right here. I was always just like aching. So that was sort of the realization of maybe this isn't the the path for, you know, and then I was having kids, you know, and maybe this isn't, the path for somebody who's just wants to be fit and look better and move better and, and be able to play with their kids and forever, you do whatever they want to do in life forever. Like not, not go to the nursing home, not be limited by, uh, cause I was kind of like, I'm going to be like this beast strong, huge guy. And I'm going to be in the nursing home because my freaking joints hurt so much or whatever, you know? Uh, so that was like the realization for me then, uh, that it just wasn't, it probably wasn't, uh, sustainable forever. And I maybe was doing more harm than good. Cause some of those movements, it's like, do I really need to be doing like overhead snatches? Do I really need to be doing muscle ups? Do I really need to be doing handstand walks? Like I was kind of like hurting myself 
forcing these mobility like i wasn't really mobile enough to do some of the movements and then you know you get tired and you're just forcing yourself through that and you know how it is and it's like all of a sudden you're trying to keep up with the 23 year old next to you and you're hurting yourself it's it's the competition's good but it's also it can be negative so that was when i changed and started focusing more on myself and just trying to move better do everything correctly finding like the the smaller minor muscles and joints and such that that you don't really focus on in CrossFit and major lifting. You're just doing the major lifts, you know? And I realized that I started to feel like a lot better. I mean, I lost weight. I weigh like 170 pounds now. So I lost like all that weight, that muscle. I mean, I'm not like fat or anything, but I just don't lift like that anymore. So, so what were the things, so to, if we can get more specific into that, what were the things that specifically changed? So like what's, what are the exercises you stopped doing? What are the ones you started doing and how, and on the dropping all that weight, I mean, clearly you've got to eat to get there. I imagine that part yeah. of, you know, dropping it was really just not eating that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was not lifting like so heavy all the time. Like I was, you know, just that heavy lifting of, you know, squats and I still do you know, squats, deadlifts, things like that and different variations, but like, I was just doing it so heavy and so much volume, right. You know, like you said, and obviously eating a lot too. And, and it, it was just like too much for my body. I think I was overtraining probably, but things like, like I said, like the, a lot of the Olympic movements, like with the, the, the power cleans and the snap uh, snatches, you know, the, the thrusters and things like that. Like I, I stopped doing really with a barbell. I don't do them that much with a barbell anymore. I'll use like a dumbbell kettlebell. It's just like that stuff was like so much, you know, wear and tear on my shoulders, you know, doing an overhead squat. It's like, I mean, you might be able to do it, but like how many people can actually do an overhead squat with the barbell over their head? Like that's such a mobile movement. And it was just like destroying like my shoulders and my spine, my knees, just in my, just trying to force that position that I probably wasn't mobile enough to really do. You know, like, like I said, the muscle ups, like, I don't need to do a muscle up. Like pull-ups are good. Why do I need to do a muscle up? Hands, why do I need to walk on my hands? Like that stuff was just like wearing on my body so much. And then some of the workouts where it's like, all right, you're going to do 200 burpees for time or whatever. It's just like, it's just a lot of the same movement over and over and over. It just, and it just creates, you know, so much wear and tear on your body because you're not mixing it up. So I still do like, I guess CrossFit is like really anything that's across different modalities of fitness. Like if you're running and then you're doing pushups, like you're essentially doing CrossFit. They just coined the name, right? Yeah. You know, it's fitness across, you know, strength, endurance, muscular endurance, cardiovascular endurance. So they just made it a thing that's competition. And so I still do versions of it. It's just not at that, that, uh, that scale. I took out some of those movements that were just too much. I was a little smarter with it. I started dropping the weight and just really focusing on form, technique, movement, and not worrying so much about the leaderboard. That was the thing too. Is I would go on there during the and then you do the the um, whatever the the open right. So I'm like turning forty and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do the the open. There's like five or six events, you know, and you do it. And it's like I'm a freaking beast. And then I go check the leaderboard. And I'm like 1500th place in the U.S. And I'm like what how is that even possible i'm literally in the best shape of my life how many people can be in that better much better shape than me like i felt like i was kind of a beast and there's sort of like like uh depressing like well not making the crossfit games with being 1500th place you know um and that really hit home too it's like some of these people like you said are like olympians they're like you know it's like matt frazier is now or whatever he's not really competing but let's say he moved into the 40 year old division like i'm not gonna beat him <laughs> yeah rich Froning, you know 
Yeah, that uh, that thing went. That was eye opening. I think I think this is a really common thing for for any anybody who was athletic when they were young or even getting back into it. I mean, yeah. I remember when I first started sprinting and my first goal was to, you know, thinking I'm going to win races. And then I met the guys who were winning races. And it's like now my goal is to like show up at the starting line and have people wonder what the hell I'm doing there. And then yeah. I beat, you know, at least uh, there's usually going to be well in a national meet, there'll be a handful of guys. But in a regional meet tops, there's going to be one guy who beats me and usually not that. Um, but, uh, so, you know, I, then I want people uh, when I finish the race to go, what the hell just happened? So, yeah. but yeah, that wake up call that, and I think, I think, I don't know if women have this as much as men do, but you get back into something and you start imagining, I'm going to be the oldest guy in the Olympics in this event. I'm going to be the, you know, just that you have this idea that you're going to somehow transcend time and transcend uh-huh. physical limitations. And then something happens where you go, okay, that's, uh, that was a little misleading. So, which makes me wonder. So how, I mean, talk to me just about that transition in your mind from realizing, Hey, you couldn't do all this stuff and getting used to, or getting, I don't even know what the word is. Um, just switching from this idea that you're going to crush it and be the you know biggest, strongest, whatever to yeah. what you're doing now. What was that transition like, like in terms of time and what was going on in your brain? I mean, I tried like just a lot of just random different workouts for a little bit. I was just doing a lot of body weight stuff. I was doing some, um, you know, like the Wex, uh, is that his name? The guy who does like the ropes and the, I was doing some of his stuff and the, just mixing up and, uh, just, I was like, I got to change something. And then, um, I really just kind of decided like what I actually decided was, uh, the leaderboard was, 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 was kind of like, uh, was the problem basically I was comparing myself to like everyone else. Like, and I was like, how come I can't do it that fast? You know what I mean? And so I was trying, you know, I try harder and I would like push harder. I'm like, I must not be pushing hard enough. There's no way I can't do that. Uh, and I finally just decided like, you know what? I don't care what, like my brother was doing workouts too. And he would beat me in a lot of stuff. And like, he's a couple of few years older than me. And I'm just like, I I just don't care what anyone else is doing. And I can't, and I was on social media then, you know, so you look on social media and you're like, these, look at these people. Like they're like, there's somebody always more fit and better than you somewhere, whether it's real or not, it's on social media. So I just like, I don't care what these other people are doing. I need to just worry about myself and how I feel and, what's best for like my life and my current circumstance. So that was the mindset shift is I just like decided like, like I, I would do like, if I did, I would look up a workout maybe on CrossFit and I'd be like, I'm just, I'm going to do like the women's weights. Like, I don't care. What, what does it matter? Or, I, or I'd look at the women's weights and I would do like less than that. And I would really just focus on getting a good workout in, doing it right. Not like forcing the movement when I'm tired and like hurting myself. And I just decided that that was okay. Was the workout hard? Was it effective? Did I work? Did I, do my best. Uh, was it intense enough? Yes. That's all that matters. Like I don't need to do 325 pound, whatever. <laughs> I was, I was talking to um, someone on the podcast recently and w- this came up about uh, weights and I was realizing, you know, the, the annoying thing about weights is their weights. They have numbers. You can see what the number is and it's just yeah. almost natural to think, Oh, I need a big number or I need a bigger number than last time. And I said, um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing that's, that is more, it's not even humbling that you have to get used to, um, when you start thinking about paying attention to form, paying attention to really using the muscles the way they are instead of just pushing the weight of uh, walking up to some woman who's about to finish, you know, finishing with a barbell workout and you grab the barbell from her and remove some of those weights. Um, yeah. You know, once you get used to that, it, it's OK, but it takes a little while. I mean, I imagine I'm curious when you're working with clients, 
which is the more difficult thing to get them to make adjustments to what they're doing or adjustments to how they're thinking about what they're doing? That's a good question. I think both really. I mean, they, I think the mind probably comes first because I think specifically guys, we just have like this ego, like you said, from wherever, like, Oh, I can do that. And so I think mentally what I do actually with my clients is I'll start them on like a fitness assessment and a mobility assessment is the first thing they do. I think for a lot of people that's, eye-opening whether that's mentally maybe both or like physically because you know it's just like oh can how many pull-ups can you do how many push-ups can you do just basic stuff it's like run or walk a mile and you know you have a lot of even my neighbors are just people i talk to guys specifically because that's kind of who i work with but they think back to when like they last ran a mile and they're like oh i could run a seven minute mile right now yeah and i'm just like (laughs) you'd be lucky if you run a 15 minute mile i'm just telling you (laughs) no offense and then they go and they try to run the mile and they're just like, they, you know what I mean? Like you're not, the last time you ran it, you were 27 and maybe working out. Now you're 38 and you probably haven't really worked out or maybe you've walked, maybe you've jogged, but then to go really try to push a mile time, it's just like, so that ego I think is in people's minds and they think like, oh, I used to bench press 300 pounds. Well, <laughs> you know, and I think guys just think they can just do it. I'll get it back in no time. It'll be easy. I'll do it. And then they go try and they're like, holy cow, like <laughs> I have lost a lot in the last 20 years. There's a, there's a, I remember seeing a video or like it was in the news when Jack LaLanne turned, you know, 90 or 95, I don't remember something way, way old. And they're yeah. showing him working out. And uh, most people didn't know Jack LaLanne, I think it helped invent the universal gym, which used to be in every high school in America, just, you know, multi-station yeah. gym. Yeah. yeah and I so remember. they show him, you know, he's still lifting and they show him bench pressing and he is like struggling, you know, really pushing hard. Yeah. And if you look closely though, you could see he had 20 pounds that he was pushing. So, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's at a certain point, like again, back to sprinting. Um, when I was at the, the first time I went to the senior games, when I turned 50, there was a bunch of 60 year olds standing behind me and they were saying, you know, just wait till you turn 60. It all falls off a cliff. And there's a bunch of 80 year olds standing behind them going, yeah, you have no idea what you're talking about. So yeah. the all American time for the hundred meters goes from uh, like at, at my age now, it's I think 13.2 seconds. And then it very quickly ends up in the 17s. And by the time you're, you know, old, old, like 90 plus, it's like 40 seconds. I mean, it's something outrageous. And you think, well, that can't happen. I mean, you know, that won't be me. And it's like, oh, no, you'll you'll be lucky if that happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're probably like almost walking it. Uh, there, you know, there, you could easily walk and beat them if you're a younger person, but they're working as hard as they can. The first time I went yeah. to the world master track and field championships, I hung out a lot with the people who are 85 plus because they were the most interesting because, you know, it is just not easy physically yeah. and emotionally because, yeah. you know, you're going, you, you remember what it was like five years ago, 10 years ago. And, uh, and so it was fascinating talking to those guys and, and my favorite thing I asked them, so nature and nurture. And every one of them said the same thing. Oh, totally genetics that I'm here, totally training that I beat that guy. And even that, I think they're being a little glib. I think, you know, any given Sunday, either one of those guys could have won. Unless there's there's always like one or two guys in any age group who are just, again, such genetic freaks that you don't stand a chance no matter what. And yeah. uh, and and I, you know, I'll tell you this. I just realized this. One of the weirdest things that happens is you have to not dwell on the thought I mean, that's not even how to put it. I don't know how to say it. But when you start a race, you're thinking, I just hope everybody ends up healthy at the end of the race. 
And at the same time, you're thinking, crap, the only way I'm going to beat you is if you pull a hamstring. And it's this really bizarre competitive slash wanting to be helpful and friendly thing that shows up. Like um, people turn to me, it's happened a couple of times at the beginning of a race. And they're like, you know, uh, good luck, man. Have a good race. And I go, hey, hey, just relax. There's no bonus points. There's no money involved. No one's going to know if you won or lost. Have a good time. Stay healthy. And oh, by the way, I totally want to kick your ass. And <laughs> that's where it gets fun, actually. Um, once you get, I think for you, maybe it'll happen earlier. But once you realize that it's kind of dumb to be this competitive, but you are anyway, then it becomes yeah. kind of silly. And if you confess up to it with everybody else, it's it's like having a secret handshake. It's like, oh, you're a competitive moron like me. Let's go have some fun. And let's hope that we end up you know, happy at the end of this, no matter what the outcome is. Yeah. No, I definitely can relate to that. Uh, even my kid, my oldest son is seven, and he's so competitive. I'm just like, oh, God, he's going to be like me. We got to, like, tone him down. But, again, at the same time, it's like it's that's something you can't, like, teach, you know. No. It's innate. No. So I don't want to, like – I don't want to like make him not feel that way, but it's hard when it's, you know, he's seven and he's doing soccer or gymnastics. And you know, there's some kids that are in those sports that are, they're just there for the social. Like they yeah. don't, they don't care. They're chasing butterflies and he's like trying to win and he gets like mad at them. And he's like, well, what, why are they, why are they paying attention? Why are they just looking around? Not stopping? Okay. Okay. Buddy. Like, it's okay. Like just try to get better, have fun. You can't, you can't be that way. Like they're going to, they're not going to like you. So it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, navigate that when he's maybe not at a different level than a lot of kids. And, you know, there are kids like him as well. So we're, you know, navigating that right now with athletics. But again, like you said, you don't want to like tone it down too much, but you got to, you got to have some tact when you're in those rec sports. Well, you know, now you have a goal that I, I didn't have as a goal, but happened for me when my nephew turned like 17, 18, uh, he was suggesting that maybe we should race. And I said, it's not a good idea. And he said, why? I said, well, there's no way you'll win. He goes, well, I could beat you. I said, no, no, you're missing my point. Either you lose to a guy who's 57 or you beat a guy who's 57. Where's yeah. the upside? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't... You you lose no matter what. And he's no one's like, going to think it's oh, that yeah. cool. So, yeah, we never had that race. It worked out okay. Well, you know, it's funny, though. I imagine even though this is your – you're talking about a seven, your seven-year-old um, – but I imagine a handful of your clients are going through that same thing. And, you know, you're having to work with them through that. Again, the mental part of not only figuring out what your body can and can't do, uh, or the physical part of figuring out what your body can't do with the mental part again. And I'm just, again, so curious about that. Because, like, uh, the example I give, um, and I've said this on the podcast a bunch, uh, it took me two years to learn when I got back into sprinting. It took me two years to learn that when I think, uh, let me just do one more. That's the time to leave the track. Yeah, for sure. Like they, I think, like I said, the assessment definitely helps Yeah, because they realize I'm not what I once was. It's like, it's like the, whatever that song is, um, Toby Keith or something. Maybe I'm, I'm as, not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's essentially what it is. It's like, okay, well, but you're probably still not as good once as you ever were at that moment. Cause you can't <laughs> lift, you know, what you did lift, but at least you, you got to realize, okay, I can get close to that or back to that maybe eventually, but it's going to take some time and I'm not going to go in the gym tomorrow and max out. And there's different ways to get, to get intensity, I guess. So like, like you can slow down the weight, you know, do like um, time under tension and pre fatigue the muscles or, you know, do different accessory lifts or change the lift a little bit. So it's not, so demanding on whatever's you know bothering you or your back or your shoulders or your hips 
so just being smarter about some of that. And again, like you said, like some of these guys, they think like back to their, you know, the last time they lifted might've been high school football, you know, it's like, all right, well, you, you probably shouldn't be doing your high school football program at 37 years old or yeah. 42 years old. Like you probably should be doing something, something else. And then they think they need to do that or they don't know, or the, the amount of volume they think they need to do. Like, you're not, a, you don't need to be a bodybuilder. Like you don't need to go in and do 16 sets of chest, like in one day, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to do four sets of bench. I'm going to do four sets of incline. I'm going to do four sets of dumbbell flies. And then I'm going to do four sets of pushups. Like it's probably too much. <laughs> You know, that's how much I do in like a month, maybe. <laughs> so yeah. um, that mindset's got to shift as far as like less can be more, I guess it's to not be cliche. I think it's, I think and, it's even, I think it's even more than that. I think it it's not only less can be more, but um, actually less can, well, that, no, that really is it. Uh, let me say it this way. I remember working on this one exercise for, cause really good for sprinting, Nordic hamstring curl for people who don't know yeah. you're kneeling on the ground, you're keeping your, something's holding your feet down. And then you try to keep your body as straight as possible and lean forward yeah. as yeah, far as you can and then come back up. So I was working that, you know, three sets of whatever, three or four times a week. And it just was yeah. never getting better. And then I just, because, and this is going to lead into what I want to talk about next. I just was didn't have time. I started doing like four or five sets of five. Um, and by the, and to be clear, the first set of five was pretty good. The second set was a little worse. The third set was worse. The fourth and fifth, I'm basically practically falling on the ground. But yeah. I just did them anyway. But just doing it once a week. And within a month, yeah. I could do Nordic hamstring curl all the way down, all the way back. Uh-huh. And so because the thing that the thing that as I've gotten older is something that's really hard for my brain to get wrapped around is just how much recovery I need. I mean, way more than when it feels like I'm not sore and I feel okay. That's just a sign that I still need three more days. Yeah. So, and that was a tricky one, but which brings me to the, the, the thing that I want to talk about next is the the second part of what you're, uh, what you're doing is the busy part. Talk about, you know, just what you're doing both for yourself and with clients who are dealing with the fact that they are busy working professionals and have a limited amount of time. Yeah. Again, it's like we keep coming out to the mindset, a little bit comes to that where you don't need to work out for like two hours, an hour and a half. You don't have the time anyways. Like when you're in high school, college, whatever, not beyond that, and you know, you're single and you don't have a real career or whatever. You have you got time to go like waste for two hours in the gym and do whatever. But when you got, a business or you got kids or you, you know, multiple jobs or whatever, you just, you probably have an hour maybe. So changing that mindset that you can get a lot done in a half hour, an hour, and that is okay. It's better than nothing. Like to be like, Oh, I can't go lift for two hours. So I'm not gonna do anything is the first step. And then just, like I said, being smarter, some of them just don't know, but you can just be efficient in the gym where your, your warm up is part of includes, you know, some, accessory movements that are maybe good for mobility or good for, you know, strengthening like your, the muscles on your scapula or your hips or your ankles or whatever. You can do that stuff in the warm up, and it still, it warms you up, but it it helps you kind of like improve your mobility, improve, you know, maybe some strength in some areas, you know, what maybe you're doing, you know, some modified, you know, Nordic curls or something as part of the warm up, And, sort of rotating and a lot of things will do like rotate through like either like supersets or you'll do like a exercise and you'll rest like 30, 60 seconds, do the next exercise rest and kind of go through those things. So if you can be smarter with how you program and your time in the gym, you can get a lot more done 
in a short amount of time. And it's just as effective as, you know, going in and doing four sets of bench press and resting two minutes between each one. And you're doing six reps. And then it's like, well, that you know, takes forever for one. To, and all you got done was bench press. It's like, you just wasted a half hour and you only did bench press. Uh, so a lot of that's again, just realize you can get a lot done in an hour and, and it's fine. And then strategizing a little bit with, how you're going through your workouts, staying on maybe more of a time cadence, rotating through, you know, whether you're doing supersets of the same muscle or if you do like supersets of like different muscles, like if I do like chest and then I do like a back, they're sort of opposing. So I'm not really fatiguing either one. Yeah. So I was going to say, do me a favor. Give me, for people who don't know, give us a specific example, or in this case too, of what a superset could look like, what, like name the specific exercise as an example. And then also if you can go back in time a little bit um, and talk about some of those exercises for that would be sort of warm up slash mobility slash a little strength as well, just so people get a sense of okay. what they might be able to do. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, supersets or compound sets or can be just depends on your goals, but there can be a variety of them. So like, it might be a lot of people might think of as just doing like the same muscle group, like two, two different exercises. So maybe you do like, I don't know, like bench press and then you rest a little bit and then you do like dumbbell flies or something. So you're still hitting chest, but it's like two different exercises and you're kind of resting in between just shortly or even doing it back to back to really like fatigue the muscle and hit the muscle hard in a short amount of time, rather than having to rest like two minutes to another set, two minutes to another set. Or it could be like, if you want to get more like strength, muscle type things, uh, specifically strength, you can do like a posing group. So where, like I said, maybe you're doing like push-ups or bench, and then you rotate it with like bent row or pull-ups. So you have like the chest back or like opposite muscle groups. So when you do one, you're not really like fatiguing the other one. So you can still hit both of them like pretty hard, even though, you're only resting like 30 seconds to a minute in between each of those and then rotating through, you know, whether it's two or three exercises. Uh, so that's kind of like a superset compound giant set type idea. That really depends on your goal in some ways, but it saves a lot of time, obviously, because you're, you know, you're not resting forever and you're not just doing one set rest. As far as the warm up, so usually it'll be some sort of like cardio thing to just sort of get the, the heart going, the rate, the, you know, your breathing going and get your heart rate up. But it depends on the day too. So if you're doing like a leg day or an upper body day or a full body day, the warm up I like to do just like activation things where you're maybe it's like an isometric, like maybe it's just like a wall squat and you're just holding the position for a little bit or like a glute bridge where you like lay on your back and you, you know, bridge up with your feet on the ground and your your butt off the ground, like in a like an L position for people that don't really understand and just activating like the, the butt or the glutes or the quads or the hamstrings then you could do things that maybe focus on like range of motion. It might even be just like, like a longer body weight lunge or something like you're going to lunge out a little bit further to kind of get a little better range of motion or maybe put your front foot up on a, on a weight or a, a height. So you can get a little bit better range of motion. You're just doing body weight, warm up the muscles, getting through a further range of motion helps with mobility, helps you warm up. And then, so like movements like that. So that might be like the three, you do a little like one minute bike, you do a 30 second wall squat and then or 30 second glute bridge and maybe like a set of 10 to 15 uh, walking long extended lunges or something to for two or three sets. And that's a warm up. So you've got some mobility, you've got a little muscle endurance, you've got a little range of motion, a little activation to get the, the everything just ready to go. Yeah, that's a great one. And for people who haven't done it, I mean, and if, or have, if you haven't done it in a while, doing a wall sit or wall squat where, you know, back against the wall 
and you you squat down until your thighs are parallel to the ground and your yeah. shins are perpendicular to the ground and just stay mm-hmm. there as long as you can you will be humbled very quickly yeah like um, in 20 seconds <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean and that's that's actually one of my favorite i mean let me say it differently it's one of my favorite exercises that i hate because um, it does kick in fast and you're going, whoa, I don't know if I can make it. And it's it becomes as much of a mental game as a physical game. And at a certain point, you just fall down. There's nothing you can do. But it's but it is one of those things that really puts into perspective what you can and can't do. And you can get much better at it for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you start, if you haven't done that for a while, that one's going to put you in your place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you can use them for strength building or for part of your actual workout too. So that's, that's the thing is you can take the movements you normally do and do them better form, better techniques, slower, more range of motion. And that's, you know, going to help you with one, get warmed up, but also improve your, your functional movement really. So if you're doing bench press, I don't know, maybe take the bar, do like a wider grip and just go like really far down, you know, slow three seconds down, focus on the movement and the contraction and, even the isometric portion, which is a lot, it's a lot of different ways that people don't think about as far as like how you can activate the muscle get it warmed up or even strengthen it, build muscle, uh, improve range of motion. I think people just have these like set concepts in their mind of like, this is how I build strength and this is how I stretch and this is how I do flexibility and this is how I do cardio. It's like you can intermix them with CrossFit, you know, <laughs> CrossFit that's not the term toy, the coin CrossFit, just being fit across anything. So I don't know, being like, you gotta be a little creative and and open-minded to what maybe you're not used to. And, uh, you know, it's like, like we said, you don't have to go in and, and just squat as heavy as you can for five sets of whatever you can, you can get stronger and better and more functional and, and build muscle in different ways besides those traditional. Yeah. Uh, and they have a place, obviously. They've been around forever. But you can do it different ways and, and mix it up um, rather than just grinding yourself into the ground. And then, you know, like a lot of my clients, they they say, I'll go back to the gym. I'm good for like a month. And then I get hurt. And then I'm out for like two months. And it's like then I gain 30 pounds. And then I try it. And it's a cycle. I'm like, well, stop freaking going in the gym and warming up with the bar. For They go in. They put the bar on. They do five. 10 sets of bench press and they think they're warmed up and then they throw on two plates and they try to do 225 for how many reps and then their shoulder pops off. And it's like, well, no wonder stop doing that. Like, why would you go back yeah. every time you do the same thing? Yeah, no, I, I was, I've been trying to think of how I want to say this. Um, uh, lately, it's been coming up. It's like if you're having some problem doing something or if you're having some problem, uh, the best thing to do is just figure out what the thing is that you were doing that led to it. And then just don't do that. And, yeah. and that one's a tricky one because people like, well, I, I, you know, I can't make do this motion anymore, whatever it is. It's like, cool, then don't do it. You don't need to work to fix that one necessarily. There's a way around that. And like for me, you know, I have a I've got a messed up spine. I, I love deadlifting heavy and uh, squat heavy i just can't do it anymore i mean it's really Mm -hmm. stupid if i do so now i just do a lot of you know single leg stuff where i'm putting myself in these more compromised positions um, that aren't putting any strain on my spine and again psychologically challenging to do that but way way better and after a while it becomes um it, it it becomes the new normal and you don't miss doing the crazy heavy shit um yeah and you, you know you like the benefits you're getting without getting wrecked yeah no i i i was talking to like squats like i like but i don't for some reason i've just never been like that mobile in my hips and ankles mm. 
And even my dad, like I must have his like, it just like hurts me sometimes. I'm just like to do like a back squat. I'm like, it's just not even like worth it. Like, why do I need to like put on all this weight and just sort of like, it just feels like it hurts. So, you know, doing, like you said, Bulgarian split squats or, you know, single leg squats or lunges, like it's, you can still get just as strong and, you know, get the same results without people just have this mental thing of like, I want to lift. And it's fine. If you like that, I want to lift like so much weight. And I want to tell like all my buddies, like how much weight I can lift. <laughs> I did a post one time about like, people asked me like when I was a teacher and, and, you know, even now like, Oh, how much, how much can you bench? How much can you squat? How many pull-ups can you do? And I did a post one time that got kind of a decent amount of like engagement. And I, I honestly don't know. Like, I literally don't know. I don't even care. Like when I would do like deadlifts, like, I don't even know. I just start putting weights on and it gets hard. And I do, if it's easy, maybe sometimes I'm supposed to do six reps. I'll just do 10. You know, I haven't maxed out and like my pull-ups or bench press, like, Oh, you know how many times you bench 225? I'm like, I honestly don't even know the last time I put 225 on the bar <laughs> for bench press. Like, I just like, who cares? I was on the post. I'm like, who cares? Like what your max is, who cares how much you can lift? Like, I literally don't know. They're like, well, how do you know? Don't you like need to record and like know if you're progressing or like know if you're getting better or stronger in your weights. And like, I don't know, do, why do I, if I look that good and I feel good and I feel like I'm building muscle, maybe I'm gaining weight in muscle or I'm losing weight, whatever my goal is. I don't know. does it, I, I guess I don't care anymore. I don't care if I like bench 225 or 240 or so. That's a mindset too, is like, I just, I just don't care. I just put weights on, I lift, I, it's a good workout and I'm done. No, this is brilliant though, because it, it goes back to the thing I said in my intro is like, if you're not having fun, do something different than you are. And what you're doing is you're gauging it based on how you feel and what feels appropriate slash enjoyable slash, you know, and enjoyable can, doesn't mean that you're like whistling all day. It can be that you're pushing yeah. yourself, but which is enjoyable, but you're not, you're not doing it with some arbitrary number in mind whether it's sets reps or weight and that's that to make that more of, of like an intrinsic motivator of just using paying attention to what feels right it's like hey today's a good day i'm going to throw on some extra weight hey today i'm a little tired i'm going to do a little less you know one set less or less weight whatever it is that is so so critical um and that one is so overlooked because i mean humans like to have things that are paint by numbers it just makes yeah. life easy. We think that that's going to get us to our goal. And this idea that you need to actually pay attention to yourself in a way that will lead you to what you're going to do um, that doesn't have those same metrics. That's a I, I've seen that that's a tricky one for people. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, even for me, like I I've changed this, too. So I normally have been working out like five days a week. You know, and maybe on my off days, I'll eat maybe one day I do nothing, but the other off day, maybe I'll do like light cardio, maybe some stretching, mobility, motion, going through some just range of motion, yoga. But I've had to, like, I, I dropped to, there's been a couple of times in the last year specifically where I've dropped to four days per week. All right, I'm only like, I just felt like overtrained when I, when we had the twins, I just didn't have time when they were first born. Cause I was so tired. And like, I'm like, my, again, my body was like starting to like hurt. I could tell I wasn't recovering. Like you said, I could tell I just wasn't wasn't helping me to work out that much. And I, for a while I was like, Oh, I, I feel like I'm losing my gains. I need to like, I'm not pushing hard enough in my workouts. I can tell I'm just going through the motions. And eventually I was just like, I think I'm going through the motions because I, my body's not ready to go, go through the motion intensely. So <laughs> I decided I'm like, that's okay if I can only do four days a week. So I dropped to four and then all of a sudden I started to feel like I could work out more intensely. And I'm like, Oh, like I feel pretty good today. Like that was, you know, that extra day off was, but apparently what I needed. So then my workouts were better because 
I wasn't so just, you know, beaten to the ground, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I've done that twice. I actually just, I just dropped down to four days a week for the last month again to, I don't know, just like I said, anyone overtrain. And I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that will be my new Norman now that I'm 42. I, the four days is maybe my, my spot. And the, the off days I do, like, I'll do like some cardio. I'll do maybe some body weight stuff. Like I don't always do nothing on my off days, but it's definitely not going in hitting some weights, hitting like a metabolic conditioning circuit and, and kind of getting after it. And that's again, a mindset that a lot of guys specifically and need to be able to accept because once you start getting the gains or you start losing weight, it's like, Oh, I just lost 10 pounds. And then now I, I can't drop to four days work per week or three days per week. Cause I'm going to lose all my gains, you know, and like, I'm going to gain all that weight back or whatever. And it's uh, they start thinking that they want to do more like, Oh, I lost 10 pounds. So if I do more, I'm going to lose 30 pounds or I gain five pounds of muscle. If I do more, I'm going to gain 10 pounds of muscle. And that's not, it's not really how it is. There's a, you know, at some point of, of no return or, you know, you know, you're not going to get returns on your investment at some point. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've got a story that's the, that's the opposite of that in a, in a weird way. It makes the same point from a different direction. When I was in college, there were um, two women on the gymnastics team who had been trained by their parents up until they went to college and had never worked out more than three days in a week. And they were national champions. Then they got to college and they were working out five days a week never went through, never had more than three weeks till they were injured, never had an injury up until then. And, yeah. you know, and they couldn't convince the coach that they needed to go back to three days a week. He's like, no, you got to work, work through. It's like, you know, we can't tolerate that. And, and for me, and this is just because of a combination of, of um, time and energy. I'm a two day a week guy right now. I mean, two and a half, like two days of, of lifting one day on the track. Cause that's all I've got. Um, uh, if, and, and sometimes to be totally candid, sometimes if, if it's a crazy busy week where I'm rolling out of bed at five and getting back home at eight, then that week's off. Um, and I don't, and I mean, I, I don't beat myself up about it. I wish I had time to do more is the best way I can say it. But even those yeah. two a week, it, it, it's, it's valuable. It's working. It's doing things. Yeah. I'm improving in certain ways. I'm still, at least I'm staying consistent in others. And so again, just this whole thing of, helping people figure out what works for them is something mm -hmm. that I really, you know, appreciate your mindset about that. Cause, uh, that's a, that's one that it's not as easy to sell in some ways. And mm -hmm. it's certainly harder for people to adapt to at the, at, at the, at first. Yeah. It's definitely tough for, for a lot of my dads to kind of understand that what's each person is a little bit different. So what your buddy's doing might not be what you need to do or, you know, yeah. what, it's every person's body is different. you like three days might be good for you. Four days might be good for someone else. These, this many sets might be good for you. So it's not like there's a, a one, you know, size or one template that works for every single person, you know, and, and it's okay to, to like take days off and it's, it's okay to do three days versus five days. If that's one, if that's all you can do, then that's all you can do. And two, it might be all that you need to do. So, and then that's what I've realized too, is that I don't need to do as much as I once did. And, and it becomes like, so sometimes like with my clients, I become a little bit of a, and I by no means like a perfect dad fitness person that's can, you know, I have it together all the time. Cause who does on social media, people think they're like, Oh, this guy, he's got, he's got it. So together, like he's got the best life ever. No, it's like, it's controlled chaos or sometimes just chaos. 
especially like in the last couple of weeks with, with school starting, it's been like our kids are in so many sports, school starting, my wife's starting to back to school. She's a teacher. It's been just like a mess. Uh, but anyways, like sometimes I'm a mentor to like some of my clients beyond just fitness and nutrition and such and just talking them off the ledge, so to speak. Like they'll miss a couple of workouts and they'll be like, oh, I, you know, it's all basically it's all shit now. I did this week's terrible. I missed these two workouts. I ate pizza and drank beer last night. And like, it's, it's over. Like it's just, and they just want to like, I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe you enjoyed yourself. Maybe you needed that. And then, yeah, but then they beat themselves up so much that they almost like lose motivation. And then they, yeah. if maybe they were doing well and then they kind of want to quit or they, go off the rails more and then for the next five days then they like binge eat and drink and don't work out and it's like well now you just took what was one or two days and made it a week just because you were upset with yourself yeah uh so i gotta talk and be like hey it's all right you know you had a weekend friends came over you can enjoy it sure whatever you had a few beers all right let's get back on the horse today go back to work work out it's fine. It's not the end of the world. We're in this for like the long haul. So you're not in this for like a six week shred and now you mess it up and your six week shreds over. Well, okay. But that's not what we're doing. We're doing a, you know, whatever, 40 years shred or whatever it is, <laughs> well, a yeah, lifelong that, shred. That, so if a day in the whole scheme of it is irrelevant. That's another, another point that I, that I love is uh, I, on our end, we get it when someone says, well, I want to run a marathon in six weeks. Can I switch to your shoes? And it's like, well, A, I have no idea and B, don't be a moron. And and yeah. it's simply, you know, people get these ideas about what they want to be able to do that are often completely unmoored from reality. And to get people in line with um, this is not like you said, it's not a six week shred. This is not a cookie cutter program where we're going to start here end here and everything's going to be fine along the way um, mm-hmm. to, to get people into that that mindset it's not even a longer term mindset again it's just a not i don't want to put it it's a more in line with reality mindset and reality will include one day some of your friends are going to come over and you're going to you know order two pizzas and 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 have a great time and yeah and you're going to, you know forget they had a great time it's kind of like i had a friend who was going through a cancer treatment and her roommate was a um I don't remember what she called herself. Basically, a vegan natural foods, whatever thing was just making her drink green drinks all day, every day. And I would call yeah. her every two weeks and go, is it time? And she'd say, yes. And I would take her out for donuts. And I would buy one of every donut at this place and say, have as much or as little of any of these as you want. And we'll you know, give the rest away. And, um, and after as I say, which do you think is helping you more? All the green drinks or just how much fun this is? And she went, the fun. <laughs> Yeah, so, that doesn't mean you know. Yeah. That's mean you eat donuts every day. It means yes. you know if you're going to enjoy it, enjoy it, and then you go back and you know start again, start again. Yeah, so, yeah. no, it's it's consistency obviously matters, and you know you do that every day. Obviously, you're not going to be healthy and, and get get what you want, uh, reach your goals. But uh, I'm a big proponent, like you said, of enjoying life and and fitting these things into your lifestyle and. You know, if you have birthdays or weddings or, you know, it's, it's not, I feel like it's not a, I don't know. It's not, it's that's not the way to live, I guess, to just never be able to really enjoy some of these moments because yeah. you're, you know, and so and some people like it. Like if that's how, if you like that and you're like, all right, I, I don't want to do any of that ever. And I, I just feel better. And yeah, sometimes like I'll have a birthday and I'm like, all right, today I'm just going to eat the cake. I'm going to eat the pizza, whatever, and, and have some drinks. I, I, it, I don't care. I'm going to enjoy this. And no, do I feel like crap the next couple of days? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I could tell like because I eat fairly decent for the most part. But again, 
Uh, like I said, I'm not like perfect. I'm not eating, you know, salads and chicken for every single meal. Uh, you know, I just like vices and I like, you know, desserts and cakes and cookies and, uh, you know, I like bourbon from time to time. So that's the thing is, is once I started going on social media is people would, uh, a lot of the, the naysayers or whatever, I guess maybe I'm like fairly fit or fit for my age. I don't, I don't feel like I'm as fit as I was when I first started because it's like, I feel like the twins have aged me like five years. I swear. <laughs> like, God, I think I just got five years older in the last 12 months, but they would be like, Oh yeah, it's easy when you got a garage gym and you just can work out for three hours a day and you're just home all day or whatever. And you're just a fitness guru. And I'm just like, okay, well I am uh, I work full time. And this is like a side thing. I got four kids and, uh, I will literally work out an hour at most a day. No, you, so you're, you're, you're making, five days a week. I'm like, yeah, I, no, sorry. You're, you're, I think you're making a better point than you think. And, um, which is this in a, in a different way. Um, it goes back to expectations. Uh, there's a, there are a couple of fitness guys who I'm friendly with who have started posting things saying, look, if you're a guy, um, and you're at 15% body fat, you're doing fine. You really don't need to be this idea that you should be at 10. You're, and especially if you're getting older, you got yeah. your head up your butt. That's just not real. You're not going to yeah. live that way. And so, um, that's just another thing. I, I love that you're not positioning yourself as the, the model to, well, let me say it differently. You're not positioning yourself as, um, uh, some unrealistic model. You're positioning yourself as a real person and you're helping real people do real things. That's why I wanted to have this mm -hmm. conversation because there's so many people who are not that. And either it's because, I mean, my God, the number of, uh, of fitness guys that I bump into online who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and they're so clearly taking a just boatload of steroids to do what they're doing. <laughs> it's like, come on. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Or this one guy that I've known for years who um, he said, well, I'm taking uh, testosterone replacement therapy, but I'm just mm -hmm. at the high end of normal. I went, yeah, but before you weren't probably, you didn't have any problems. You weren't symptomatic. Yeah. So you just had a low free testosterone rate. Right now, you're jacked. You're at 10 times what you were before. That's not normal for your body. It's like, well, and then, you know, and, and, and a few lately who have gotten the hint, especially as they've gotten into their late 60s, early 70s, there are a couple of these guys who've gone, yeah, this isn't working for me. And they've started getting off of some of those drugs and watching how their bodies have changed is dramatic. And but they've become more normal and yeah. um, and we have no idea what the long term effects of, of certain kind of hormone oh, yeah. replacement stuff is. So there's that component as well. But um, yeah. it, it, it is interesting watching and I'll be curious to see what happens over the next few years um, as some of these fitness guys continue to age. Um, um, what's going to change in, in what they're recommending because of what they're doing or the effects of what they've been doing? Yeah, no, that would be, that's, I mean, there's just a lot of naysayers and haters on social media and I've had to get a little bit of a, a thick skin with that. Yeah. It's like, whatever, but they, that's too, they'd be like, Oh, you know, you're on TRT or steroids or, uh, what's the other, is it trend or something? What's the other well, trend? Well, it's, it's trends of one of the, I mean, a it's not form of it. yeah. 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 So I'm just like, all right, well, first of all, if I was on steroids, I hope I would be a lot like bigger and more jacked and more fit than I am. Cause <laughs> otherwise like, <laughs> it's not worth taking them. Uh, it's like, well, nothing against people that need TRT and all that stuff, like you said. Need. But for, because they're asking about like TRT and if I do it and if if they should and like, you know, 
talk to my brother who's into fitness too and coaching and 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 I I talked to a doctor who was like a endocrinologist, a specialist once, and his analogy or his was was pretty good. So basically, like like you said, if you don't need that, if you're not deficient in produce, like if your body's not deficient in producing testosterone, he's really against like prescribing it because you get on a path that you might not be able to get off. So like if you start prescribing someone testosterone and they don't need it. Yeah, you're going to get all these benefits or whatever. And there are some negative things that can happen as well, you know, like it can impact like your hematocrit and your blood cells and your bone density and some other things they're, they're finding. But you might not ever be able to get off because your body's going to essentially like, oh, I don't need testosterone anymore because I have all this testosterone and it might shut down producing it. So then it's like, okay, well, do you want to take it forever? Cost wise, one or two, like we don't know the neg- some of the negative effects that might happen from that. So it's like, you know, okay, maybe someone's a little low in testosterone, but the range of testosterone is so big that like my normal might be lower than your normal, but it doesn't mean like I'm less of a man or I'm, you know, not, I'm not healthy. So people need to be careful with that and, and just going and doing it because and finding, and you could find all these, there's not doctors, but there's like those institutes that that's what they do. They right. we give you TRT, come in, they're not going to say no. They give it to whoever pays for it. Uh, and you're going to get results, obviously, you know, man or woman, you're going to get physical results. But again, it's just a, it's a slippery slope. At what cost? Yeah. At what you, cost? Yeah. I, what I, if you I, never get off? This, this is, this is a um, variation of the thing, but I, but I got to say it for the fun of it. There's a, um, some guy who in town, who's got some new device for helping with back pain. And since I've got, you know, messed up back, I was curious and they want to charge like 60 bucks for the the evaluation before they decide what to do. And I said, how many, uh, what percentage of people after they have the eval, do you not recommend that they come in for treatment? He said, oh, we, we've never not recommended that. I went, then I'm not coming to see you guys. Yeah. Everybody needs it. Yeah. Every single yeah, person it seems problem. a little unlikely that you got a hundred percent hit rate yeah. for turning yeah. you know people from a, a trial into clients. So, well, um, Carl, as uh, he said that, I, I was shocked. Well, you know, I found that if you ask people enough questions long enough, they eventually tell you something they're not supposed to. So yeah. that that was one. There's stuff in, in marketing where people call me about things, and um, and I'll ask them a bunch of questions, and they'll finally reveal that their stuff doesn't really work, um, <laughs> and it, it's very entertaining. But anyway, so Carl, this has been a total pleasure. Um, if people want to get in touch with you and find out what a realistic path to being a healthy, happy person might be, as there, if whether again whether you are um, an actual dad or not, and depending and regardless of really how busy you may be, even though busy mm-hmm. dads is what you like to say your niche is, how can they find you and get in touch with you and take the next step? Yeah. So you can go to my website, which is just livefitcarl.com. Um, and all my social media handles are livefitcarl, L-I-V-K-A-R-L. So livefitcarl. And then, yeah, that's really it. So if you go to Instagram, TikTok, just find livefitcarl, you'll find me or go to livefitcarl.com and you can fill out the form there and essentially it'll go to my team and we'll reach out to you and, and set a time to talk to you and see what we can do for you. But yeah, that's the easiest way. If you go on, if you go online, you search live fit, Carl, uh, you'll find me and Carl with a K. Yep. Carl with a K. Perfect. Um, Dude, um, again, total, total pleasure. I do hope people take advantage of that. Um, and it, it's, I just love it when I get to introduce uh, people to someone who is not crazy and happily, I've never <laughs> well, had thanks. anyone well, pleasure. And I've never had anyone on here who is, because then why would I want to talk to them other than, yeah. to, you know, say, hey, you're crazy, um, which yeah. you know, usually no one has had the balls to say that to them. So it's kind of fun to do, but <laughs> haven't had the chance lately. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, for everyone else, first of all, thank you for being here. And don't forget to go check out the website at www.jointhemovementmovement.com and find the previous episodes and uh, ways to find us on social media. And if you have any questions or comments or requests, or if there's someone you think that should, you know, I should have a conversation with, especially if you can find someone who's willing to talk to me who might think I have cranial rectal reorientation syndrome, uh, just, you know, send them my way. Drop an email to me at move, M-O-V-E, at jointhemovementmovement.com. And until then, most importantly, just go out, have fun, and live life feet first.